Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. You know, the average American should expect to live about 79 years, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. If you're lucky, you're going to spend about one third of those 79 years sound asleep. With the remaining hours you have, the idea should be to spend as many of them as possible doing what you want to do, and as few as possible doing what you have to do. How do you maximize your leisure hours and minimize your labor hours? Well, you work smarter and not harder. That was the theme of Money Made Simple. That's a book I wrote back in 2004. And it's a course we now offer on this website, on moneytalksnews.com. With a few simple tips, tricks, and habits, you can manage your financial life in just minutes a year. And just maybe do a better job of it than you're doing right now. That's what this week's Money Podcast is all about. We're going to turn you into a master of money management. Organized, efficient, and effective. And we're going to do it without making your eyes glaze over. I'm Stacy Johnson, as usual. My co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hey, Stacy. What's up? Oh, Aaron's up. <laughs> He's our producer, <laughs> novice investor. Hey, Aaron. Hey, oh, ooh, I pulled up Amanda. You know, that's isn't that the sound that Ed McMahon used to make? When... Yeah, yeah. Wow. I thought I was old. Okay, before we get started, our usual disclaimer. Should you hear about investments on this podcast, that does not mean they're recommendations. You never invest based solely on our advice because we don't know your situation. You got to form your own opinions. You got to make your own decisions. Okay, let's get back to the topic at hand. So let me start by asking you both Are you organized? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. pretty organized. <laughs> I mean, it depends. Like, what are we talking about? What kind of things are we organizing here? <laughs> you know, I, I, and actually, I kind of want to make this about organizing everything because I'm like, well, I'm an accountant. Okay. So I'm like anal. I'm super organized. If you look at my desk right now, I run this company. There's not two pieces of paper on my desk. I, I, I'm very, very organized. I'm very neat. And I'm very clean. I do all the housework. I mean, come on. I'm like, uh, Oscar, what is it? Felix or Oscar? Which one? Which one was the neat one? I, Oscar was definitely not the neat one. You talk about Oscar the Grouch? Yeah, You're talking no, about no. like Bert? Bert, like from Bert and Ernie? Jeez, I'm talking about the Neil Simon play. You guys oh. are talking about Sesame Street. <laughs> okay, let's just let's just move on here, shall we? I think we've got a generational issue going on. <laughs> let's talk about getting organized. No, the Neil Simon played the Odd Couple. There was Felix and Felix Unger and Oh, I remember that show. Oh, okay. It was also a TV show. That's true. It was a famous movie and a play. Uh, okay. Anyway, I I feel like I'm pretty organized, and I think it's really important to be organized for the reasons I just gave. Because it, you know, there's no reason taking a lot of time. And also, being unorganized can be really stressful when you want to find something. And, okay, let's just talk about financial paperwork type of stuff. The paper purge. Getting rid of everything that's on paper and digitizing it. Uh, I think that's the single most important thing you can do. Uh, and, and, I mean, and to you guys probably, this is obvious. You know, but to some people my age, there are people who still keep files full of paper. I had a I had a four drawer file cabinet full of paper, and I still have a two drawer with some paper in it. Well, I would say some people work better with paper, but I would say a big plus as to why you're saying that would be um, paper ink doesn't last like it used to. It it fades. So I mean, if you wanted to keep receipts and stuff like that, I I definitely would would say yeah, your route is way better. You know, if you want to photograph receipts, you should do that because they disappear. Yeah, well, and, and there are there are things like there are apps like Shoeboxed that can help you keep all that organized and figured out. And you can, you know, and I always I just keep digital copies of my tax returns in a an encrypted file now. 
So it yeah. works really well. Me too. And and the backup for those tax returns, right? Well, and the thing to me is when you, okay, I used to put my tax returns. That's a good example. I keep, keep them in a box and I'd put it and ultimately go in the storage room. Uh, and then I kept too many years. You know, you don't have to keep really six years is the max you have to keep. And three is more like it unless you cheat on your taxes. But uh, anyway, I, I would keep all this paper around. And if, what if you want to find something? Whereas, you know, once I digitized it, I could literally go to the lower left-hand corner of my of my monitor here and type in 19, 19 uh, or 2022 taxes, 2021 tax, 2019 taxes, whatever the hell. And, and then a folder will come up, pop up. And there it is. There's my tax return. I can read through it. I can search it. Uh, by just doing, you know, control F. <laughs> and so that's a lot easier way to keep it. Not only does it take up less space, it's a lot easier way to find something. And now I've got my tax returns really for 20 years, even though it's not necessary because they don't take any room. You know, why not have them? Right. That's good. That's a good point. Having it in the cloud, too. You can bring it up anywhere, anytime. Yes. And, and you know, Aaron and I both live in hurricane country, both live in South Florida. And I'll, be, I'll guarantee you, anything you leave in your house could be gone tomorrow. I mean, you might as well. You, you, need to, you need to scan that stuff. You need to put it up in the cloud. Do you do that, Miranda? Uh, yes. Yep. I like to have multiple copies, multiple digital copies of the important stuff in the cloud. And it's really easy to get to. And it's really easy, too, like if these days if you're filling out app loan applications or, you know, you need some other like documentation, it's really easy when you've got it already digitized to just upload that file and send it along its way. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, too. Uh, when I think about organizing, I'm not talking just about finances. Here's another thing that I've done forever, and I'm going to give you guys some evidence now just how anal I am. Um, if I think I'm going to need something, in, I have spreadsheets. I have a spreadsheet about taking care of my house. I have a spreadsheet on my cars. And when I say spreadsheet, what I mean is, let's say that I want a handyman. Well, I've got a spreadsheet on my computer in the cloud that tells me all the people that I've worked with before, what their phone number is, um, how I liked them. You know, same thing with mechanics, plumbers. I mean, you know, why do I have to, why am I going to look up something again that I've already done? It's been two years, so I'm going to have to start from scratch. And now, but I don't have to because I've got a list of every, every person who's ever worked with me and whether I like them or not. And so I, yeah, I and that, that's, that's a good thing that, and if you're not good with spreadsheets or Excel or anything like that, you can find other things to to do that with. If you're a, yeah. if you're an Apple sucker like I am, I mean, you can use notes, you can use reminders, you can use all these yeah, and different I, tools I shouldn't have to said, give you the same the thing. Spreadsheet because all it is is a list of things. But and you guys probably have this stuff on your phone. You know, I'm I'm still too old fashioned for that. I'm, I tend to sit in front of a keyboard. You know, when I've got two monitors and sit in front of my computer all day. Uh, so, but you can make a list on your phone, the same thing, but just, that's what I mean by being organized and that saves you time and it saves you stress. And so whatever there's anything like that, I, you know what, uh, mortgage refinance. Now here's something you're going to do every 10 years, maybe five years, you know, at the most. Uh, and, and so you forgot where you went last time to get the best mortgage or what the fees were or, or the questions you should have asked, you know, so I write all this stuff down. So, so I have a, sh a sheet made out and I put, and now I've got room on that sheet to put in four more mortgage brokers. I got the mortgage that I'm with now, the company I'm with now, and then I've got room on my spreadsheet to put in four more. I ask them all the same questions, what their fees are, list up, you know, I've got all the, all the potential fees on the left side of my spreadsheet. And I ask each one of the companies, and then I use those things to, to make them fight each other to, on their fees, to get their fees down. And so, and so I can do this relatively quickly. 
because I've, you know anything I've done before and might do again, I'm going to try to keep a spreadsheet on or some kind of notes that I can find quickly so it'll make it faster the next time I do it. Now, do you think I'm anal? <laughs> no, but it's a good thing to do. Um, this is kind of a little off topic, kind of somewhat similar to what you guys were talking about. Um, my wife, recently, we had to redo our, our insurance for our car. And the prices kept going up and she likes to do do everything on the computer where you just kind of search it out and and let the ai tell you what prices you're going to pay so she's comparing like progressive against geico like you're saying keep an organized sheet of like what you paid before what was you know what did you pay progressive two years ago what did you pay you know a year ago i mean that's that's really worth it and then we found out that if if you actually went through an agent they actually knocked off like 300 extra dollars from what the AI was giving us. You're kidding. Yeah. So yeah, keeping your paperwork and keeping up on it and making sure you know what you paid and and, and then a little list of like what what uh, types of insurance, like do you want comp comprehensive, did you want PIP, what, what's the little things that you needed and what you wanted and compare it all so that you can actually save, save a buck. So it's quite important. That's really good. And you know, on my spreadsheet for insurance, uh, I, I also explain to myself what these little things are. You know, what uninsured motors is, whether it's required, what PIP is, what, you know, what liability limits are, you know, things of that sort. So I don't have to ask any questions. And it just it's just a really quick reminder of how this policy is put together and how it works. And that makes it. Now, wait a minute. I have to go back, though, Aaron. Did you say that going through an actual agent, you got a $300 cheaper quote than you did with the with the online comparison site? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. That's a good story. I'm going to have to research this. That's not good. Because we have those on our website. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. And and we looked and we made sure we went through the policy and made sure, like, well, did they put in everything we needed? And somehow they, they found a better deal. Well, here's, here's something also a little off the subject, moving along. If you haven't done this, and, and I'm talking every single person within the sound of my voice, if you have not done this, as soon as you've finished listening to this podcast, I want you to do it. I want you to take your phone and I want you to put it on video and I want you to walk around your house. And take a real slow motion picture of every single thing in your house. Because now you've got an inventory of your home and all your property. Because let me tell you something. I, I, here's a story I've done. I've stood in a smoldering house that was burned down. Uh, and, a, and the insurance adjuster was there. And I say smoldering. It actually, the fire was out. The fire department was gone. But the, but the insurance adjuster was there. And I said, how many people who lose everything they own in a fire have an inventory of everything they lost. And he said, I've been doing this 30 years, zero. Zero people do. And let me tell you something, the insurance company, if you've ever dealt with an insurance company, it will not surprise you to learn that insurance companies are not anxious to give you as much money as possible. And so if you, don't, if you can't list every sock, every potholder, <laughs> every spoon, they're not going to pay you for it. So having a home inventory is a really, really good thing to do. And what do you do with that home inventory? You store it in the cloud. Because even if all you do, I mean, the best thing you can do, obviously, is list everything. But even if all you do is open your cabinets and take video, and you store that video somewhere, if your house burns down, at least you can go through that video then and start list. Oh, yeah, I own that book. Oh, yeah, I had that record. You know, you'll, you'll forget a lot of the stuff you had. So take a video of it. Do it today. Good idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Cool. That's why I'm here, guys. That's why I'm doing this podcast. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm using myself today. Okay, now, how about what? Well, let me ask you guys. Do you have other ideas? One of the things you want to do um, when we when we get to financial organization is automate what you can with your finances. Cool. So this is something that I like to do. I set up my bill pays as automated items so that they just automatically come out, and I don't have to keep remembering to pay the bills. Um, my charitable contributions are automatic. All of my investments are automatic. So like I have, you know, a set amount that goes to various, you know, my travel fund, my retirement account, all of those things are set up automatically so that they just happen. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, an auto bill and, you know, and I've even set up, you know, my, my milk delivery from the dairy is set up automatically and then just build automatically. So things like that, that you can set up so that it happens without you having to remember to do it. You know, I mean, I've been traveling a lot this fall, so having automated finances is super helpful um, because Wait, you yeah. have milk delivery. I was just going to say the same thing. Yes, <laughs> I do have milk delivery. It's Are you great. saying there's a guy in a white suit that comes up to your door with little clanking <laughs> you, milk jugs? You have a milkman. Wait a minute. <laughs> Are you, wait, is this 1950? No, I yeah, seriously, like the dairy is like a mile and a half. Well, it's not. It's like three miles from my house now. But, you know, in my old place, it was like a mile and a half from where I live. Wait, how much milk do you have delivered every week? Um, So I actually, yeah, I just have like half a gallon delivered. I have my eggs delivered along with it. Cheese, you know, whatever. And wow. butter. So, yeah, so I can just be like, okay, well, I want, like I set it up. So I'm like, okay, I get a pound of butter the first Sunday of every month. I get half a gallon of milk every week. I get, you know, a dozen eggs every week. So it's like, it's it's really great. No, no broccoli. Quick, well, no, quick question. Brussels sprouts. Just to yeah, be clear. Well, yeah, it's not a farm. It's just like, you know, dairy and egg things, you know. Oh, okay. Just to be clear, when you're away traveling, the milk does not follow you. It does not show up wherever you are. <laughs> Alas. <laughs> no. But my son my son can bring it in and, you know, it's all good. That is really cool. I, I didn't know there was such a thing as a milkman anymore. Next thing is next thing you're gonna tell me there's someone that brings the mail. <laughs> Well, but I'm anyway, not sure about that. <laughs> automating is really cool. But let me ask you a question about it. Two things. One, are you worried you're going to get on a subscription service and then never get off because you forgot you're paying it? Um, No, because what I like to do is I do take time once a month. Like I kind of have a money date with myself and I just kind of sit down and go through everything. And, you know, I, I still reconcile my accounts. So I pull up my account statements online. Uh, reconcile them with, you know, what's going on in, you know, what, what's showing up in my my software, my personal finance software, can reconcile all those accounts and see what's going on. And once that's done, I can, it reminds me, right? Because I can see all those purchases and say, oh, crap, I've been, you know, and I've actually been thinking like, well, I'm not using Hulu. Uh, I got to talk to my son. He's not using Hulu. I'm going to cancel Hulu. So, you know, like, but, but it's a reminder. So when you do automate your finances, you do want to make sure you're scheduling in some time to connect with your money. Cause you still want to remain connected to your money. So you want to schedule in some time to be connected to your money and kind of have that money date. Well done. And you actually kind of answered my second question, which was going to be, there's some things you don't want to automate. For example, your credit card bill, cause you don't want that to be, you want to go over it. You don't want to have it automatically paid without you even seeing it, right? Right. I mean, do you or do you pay your? Do you have it paid automatically? Uh, yeah. So I actually have it set up so that it does make the automatic payment, the the minimum payment automatically. Um, but then during my money date, I schedule like a bigger payment, right? Oh, okay. Like, so oh, that makes sense. I've, so you know you, you can't know, screw up and yeah, miss but, a payment. 
Yeah. So I always have it scheduled so that the minimum payment is done, but like, I don't have to worry about, um, yeah. So it's nice. No, well, that makes sense. Even though we're making fun of Miranda and her, her milkman, I mean, in a way, <laughs> it, it, it could be more beneficial because it falls right in line with uh, using your money smart. So let's say let's say Miranda can make $100 in an hour's worth of work, but her milkman only costs her 15 bucks to deliver all that food. Now, that's time. She doesn't have to go to the grocery store and get all that stuff, mm-hmm. and she, she better spend her time making money. That, and not only that, so that, it's cute as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's cute as hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're gonna take a quick break and i'm gonna tell you guys something that i do that i thought was really stupid when i got it but but i'm doing it now uh, we'll be right back folks okay we're back here's what i was going to tell you about i got uh from my very very generous mother-in-law irene i got a um irobot vacuum cleaner and when i first got it uh, she gave it to us for christmas when i first got it i thought well this is silly because i i take a dust mop and i do my house which is all tile pretty much you know and it takes 10 minutes it's nothing uh, and then I take the same, and I take another dust mop and I mop it. Anyway, so I thought, well, I don't really need this little thing. But and so it, there it sat in the corner for I don't know six months, and then um, I started. Well, I said, what the hell? I'll use it. And now I'll be damned if that thing doesn't vacuum my whole house, even though it only <laughs> takes a few minutes. You know, it it takes me, uh, you know, it takes me, it destroys my train of thought when I have to stand up and start doing housework. And so it does it for me, and it's. I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that a $400 robo vacuum cleaner is something everyone should buy. I'm just saying exactly what you just said, Aaron. I think that the, if you can get other things done for you, even if they're little things, it frees up your time and adds up to you know sooner or later it's going to add up some real time savings. So I think you know doing that sort of thing. I used to I used to cut my own grass. I used to take care of my own pool, uh, but I don't do those things anymore because I can make more money sitting here than I can. Right, as long, long as you're adding to your wealth doing it and not subtracting from your your income doing that. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the 10,000-foot view now. One of the things that makes my life easier is because I don't have as many physical possessions as some people might. And actually, that's I'm really not a great example of that because I do have a lot of physical possessions. But what I mean is when you buy as much house as you can possibly afford and you stuff your closet with as many clothes as you can possibly have and you and you have the newest and the, and the greatest and latest of every single gadget, each one of these possessions is like a little invisible ball and chain. Because that, that new gadget is going to break, and those clothes are going to get old, and you're going to be furnishing and heating and cooling the rooms of this house that you're not even using. And so a lot of these things serve to make your life more complicated. If they bring you joy, then that's exactly what you should do. If they don't, though, there is beauty in simplicity. And I, I feel like you probably live somewhat that way, don't you, Miranda? Uh, I try to as much as possible, just because I like things to be straightforward. I like things to be relatively easy and uncomplicated. And I just I just don't have a lot of stuff, right? I just I try and keep things pretty, pretty squared away. The The most complicated thing in my life is like figuring out the travel. So here well, we this are. That's exactly what I, this is why I said that, Miranda, yeah. because correct me if I'm wrong. But I think you're a person who values experiences over things. And and if that's true, then they also can make your. I mean, obviously, traveling may be complicated, but it makes your life simpler, and and it also makes it more fulfilling to have experiences versus having the latest gadget. Right. So and you know so that you know that the ultimate in simplicity is keeping things simple. <laughs> you know, having fewer things, and and you know, and especially when you're talking about money, um, having fewer things means more money, and having more money means more freedom. So the ultimate thing you can do to organize and simplify your life is to get rid of stuff that you don't need or that you don't use. 
and, and do everything else you can so that you can spend more time with your toes in the sand and less time with your feet under a desk. Yeah, and that's, sure. and that's all and I that's, have to say uh, about that. And that yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there must be something else we can do to help people organize. Um, having fewer accounts. You know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, but you don't want to have 60 baskets either. Uh, right. and, and actually, and I'm guilty of that. I mean, you guys, I don't know how many investments you have. And I, I do have some mutual funds, but I own 30 stocks. And that, now I, I enjoy this. Okay, so this is a hobby of mine. It doesn't make me feel frantic or stressed out. But if you do, get, but it's easy over, especially over periods of years, it's easy for your stuff to get spread out. You, now you've got three brokerage firms and four IRAs and two bank accounts and blah, blah, blah. So it's a good idea every now and then to reconsolidate, bring all that stuff back together and, and uh, make, make your life as simple as possible without putting too many eggs in one basket. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that that's an important, really important thing to keep in mind as, as you move forward. Well, wait, how, how do you consolidate? I mean, let's say you have, let's say you just have an Ally account and have a Fidelity account. I can't really just like combine those into one somewhere. I mean, they're, they're two separate brokerages. Well, you can have two, you can combine them into one brokerage. Is that, you've said two different brokerage accounts, right? Right. So how do you combine one. them? Well, you just take the money out of one. You can actually have it transferred from firm to firm. Oh, you can? I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to do it when I was a stockbroker many years ago. See, this is the ultimate thing because you get your client in there and they go, I was I worked for EF Hutton and the, and the client comes in and goes, well, you know, I've got all my stuff with Merrill Lynch. I'm like, oh, don't worry. Don't worry about that. I could transfer that right over, my friend. <laughs> you, just, oh, really? you just sign here and we send. Is there a fee with that? No, no. We, no? we send something to Merrill Lynch and they, they send your stuff. Now, Aaron, oh, so they did like then. A... This was the 1980s. I have no idea what they did. Oh, I never, I just, that's curious because I've never seen a, a tab like that in the. In the computer, so so if you did like one better than the other, you could transfer that over. Oh yeah, and they they don't, nobody has to be contacted. I mean, it's just done in the back office, so it's not like you have to call up your old broker and say like, it's okay if I leave. You know, they'll just take the, they'll just take the stuff and you'll disappear. Oh, cool. They may call you after that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well yeah, I mean I think for the most part, right? I mean just streamlining, making sure you have that budget, and just kind of figuring out where you can simplify are probably the best ways to move forward with with uh, organizing your finances and uh, what what about budgeting is that is that an organizational tool i mean it's, it's funny we haven't mentioned it already <laughs> see and, and i i think it can be i think some people like sometimes you get a little bit um it, it can start to get a little bit in the weeds uh i personally like to have what i call my spending plan but um but basically it's it's basically the idea of assigning right assigning your money to a to a job so i just make sure well this is what's going to be paid rent which gets paid automatically by the way bill pay through my bank like just set up a recurring bill pay um the rent check gets sent to my landlord every month and it's easy uh so just but having an idea of like okay i'm going to spend X money on rent. I'm going to spend X dollars on groceries. I'm going to spend X dollars on insurance. I'm going to spend X dollars to my retirement account. And just having that idea there um, can really help you stay organized and really give focus to your money so that it, you're more directing your financial resources in a way that benefits you rather than like <laughs> always wondering why is the money gone? Well, and isn't that really the epitome of organization? Yeah. Putting your, you know, knowing where all your money's going to go. I mean, really, yeah. that, that's organization right there. I think that's great. And I, and what I do every month is I, I don't do a, a spending plan, but I do a net worth statement. So every month I see at the end of every month, I sit down in front of a spreadsheet and I, uh, 
and I put down my net worth, you know, here's how much you have in this account, this account, this account, this account. Here's how much I was worth at no worth now, minus my liabilities, and then compare it to last month. If I'm richer than I was last month, I'm happy. If I'm poorer, I take another look to try to find out why. That's all I do. Well, you know, I think I hear a doorbell ring. Could that is that the milkman? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I, our question. I think are, it's our question. Are the eggs here? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a question, Stacy. We have a question from an anonymous listener. Oh, you try to and, change the subject, <laughs> but I think it's a man because it says a male. So anyway, this anonymous listener says, "Can you tell me where is the best investment for a sixty-year-old male to invest four hundred thousand dollars so it would grow by about six hundred dollars a month?" I know you're not going to say Shiba Inu. No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I saw this question. I've got forty thousand. Is it 400,000? Because that's a lot different. It says 40,000. I thought I said 40,000. You said 400,000. Oh, that's a well, whole I thing. was sorry. I was I was adding an extra zero. Sorry, kids. It's 40,000. Okay. Where is the best investment for a 68 year old male to invest $40,000 so it would grow by about $600? Well, per month? obviously, crypto. Obviously. 100%. <laughs> now, here's, here's mean, the thing. Here's the first thing I did. Now, here, here's, here's Stacy, the accountant. Okay. I saw this question. And I went like this. I took 600 and I divided it by 40,000. And what I came out with was 1.5. So that means what this guy's trying to do is make 1.5% per month. Okay, that's, that's what $600 out of 40,000 would be. 1.5% a month is 18% a year. Okay, so now let me put it this way. There is no safe or even marginally safe investment that regularly pays 18% a year. What you're asking for, I cannot give you. The stock market has returned that amount in some years. In fact, this year, it's up 17%. The Dow is. But that's neither reliable nor sustainable, and it subjects your savings to risk. Now, he didn't say anything about how much risk he's willing to assume, um, but the average return for stocks over the last 100 years is more like 10%. Uh, and, and they can drop 20%, 30% in a year, too. So if you want me to tell you how to make $600, $600 a month on forty grand that's regular and safe, if I knew that, I would not tell you because I would be doing it myself. Uh, there, there is no way to do that. So if I were you, I would take your $40,000. Again, we don't know much about him except his age, 68. Um, and I would put a little bit of it in the stock market. We, you can even use take your age from 110, your age from 100. You know, Put 30% of it in, in the S&P 500 index fund. Uh, put put the and Take the remaining part, divide it into two pieces. Put some of it in a money market fund. And put some of it in an inter, intermediate bond fund. Um, if they're long-term savings. If you're going to need it, you can't do that. You know, so... That's that's the only advice I can give you. But if anyone tells you they can make you six hundred bucks a month on forty grand with no risk, I'd run the other way. I don't think it's even possible. But there you go, anonymous. Oh my gosh, we're out of time. You know what though, guys? We're never out of any topic. You could dig a little deeper, and you know how? It's easy. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. Just go to the show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is MoneyTalksNews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. There's some milk bottles there. It's at MirandaMarquit.com, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. Email us at hello at MoneyTalksNews.com. That's hello at MoneyTalksNews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. It takes you two seconds. really helps us out. So if you like it, show us. Subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe too. I'm Stacy Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. I just did a search for milkman delivery and I got scared of what they might be. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you right here next time. <laughs>